Welcome to the Ether. Today is Thursday, September 8th, 2022. Today on the Ether, the Coin Hall Cosmos Fireside Chat with Andromeda Protocol. Let's take a listen. Hey, everyone. Hello. It's good to be here. You're nice. Surprise guest speaker. <laughs> Thanks for the invitation. Hey, Cody. No problem. I'm I'm hoping I'll see you in a in a couple of weeks down in uh Colombia. Oh, I'm <laughs> I'm still not sure uh, if, we're, if we're gonna go, but uh, I'll do I'll do what I can. <laughs> well, I'll, uh, I'll have all the fun that you can't if you can't make it. <laughs> what about uh, visiting us again in Lisbon uh, for the the New Pony event? Uh, is, is that in November? Uh, it's happening next week. <laughs> oh no, no! I'll be in. I'm going to be in Guatemala this week and right. next. Um, but then, yeah, yeah. But I want to. I'm going to come over to uh, to Portugal, even if it's not for a conference. Maybe just to come over and and bug you for a bit. Yeah, absolutely. But last time you were here, we didn't have a we didn't have an office yet. Uh, now we we do. So uh, would be happy to to show you around. <laughs> yeah. Show me some. Show me some other good restaurants over there, man. I've really enjoyed Lisbon. Absolutely. Hey, everyone's giving their role. Rama and Pandemin, you guys can hear me. Loud. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Nice. 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 Yes. Hello. Hello. Hey. So we start in about one minute or so. Uh, I don't know if Brendan's coming. I, I assume he will be. So, hi there, yes. Hello? Hello, I am on the call. Yep. There he is. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, thanks, Sarah Spaces, for coming on as well. Uh, so, this whole entire space will be recorded. So, let's start. Okay, so, hi guys. I'm Joe, uh, also known as Spiker. Um, my account is here as well. So, I manage growth at Coin Hall. On the stage, joining me as co hosts are Tedamin Timmy from Spark IBC, Rama from Apeview and Insta Finanzas all their way from staking. So the guest speakers today are Cody and Brendan, who are the co-founders of Andromeda Protocol. So a brief history, as you all know, Andromeda Protocol, as I understand it, is building no-code tubing and infrastructure priority first on the cosmos, something like a DAO-up model, a codeless drag-and-drop smart contract creation experience. So they are currently live on testnet for the Terra 2.0, Juno, Stargaze, and their own private network. Uh, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong as well. And sure, no, you, you're, you're right on. Perfect, yeah. And here's a brief background about both Cody and Brendan. Uh, I saw some of the websites earlier on. Uh, you guys can go deeper in detail later. So aside from Andromeda, Cody is also the founder and CEO of Xtrem Capital, which is a crypto investment company and the co-founder of SmartKX, which is a contract management software solution. So he also pioneered the ERC-721 standard in 2017, which is the token standard for Ethereum NFTs. Brandon, on the other hand, was the former director of Panini, which is a billion-dollar company famous, company famous for sticker books and trading cards. So it launched its own blockchain business, of which I believe Brandon pioneered jumping into crypto collectibles establishing first-ever partnerships of its kind with major leagues like USC and NFL. So keep in mind, this is a fireside chat as well. So co-hosts, please do hop in at any given time to give your questions or thoughts to the founders. So to begin, Cody and Brendan, please do share more about your background and what is Andromeda Protocol all about on your end. Sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go first and then uh, Brendan can, can follow up. Um, yeah, so my, my background, I started programming when I was 10 years old, kind of one of those, you know, uh, wonder kids. 
Uh, this was back in 1991 and uh, was one of the first, you know, uh, first people on the Internet pioneering the, the World Wide Web back in the day. Um, and in 1993, got a hold of Linux and started using the Unix and Linux operating systems. Was never really big into, um, into Windows or, or Mac at the time. Um, and then uh, through the 2000s, I uh, got into the Web 2.0 space, uh, had some wins back there, did some pioneering on, on, on the Twitter platform. Um, also worked in co-working, uh, the co-working space um, uh, model. And then uh, 2011 found, you know, Bitcoin and blockchain. Um, 2013 found, um, or 2014, I guess, found uh, Ethereum. And as an engineer and a software developer, I really liked um, what was going on, you know, with smart contracts because, you know, Bitcoin was cool. You can have a ledger, move coins back and forth, you know, really, really interesting stuff. But the ability to do smart contracts and logic on chain was what really got me excited. Um, so I started working in that area. Um, in 2017, uh, me and some friends got together and, and saw the, the need for a non-fungible token. So, you know, unique objects, unique, unique uh, entities on the chain. And um, that's where we got, you know, a proliferation of uh, rainbow unicorns and digital Nikes. And for the last uh, five years, you know, we've seen what, what NFTs can do in that space. But I always thought there could be done, there could be more. Um, my my focus is on finance is looking at um, all of the different objects and all the different assets that we can create using NFTs um, in the financial space. So things like bonds, insurance. Um, all those kind of kind of really fun um, uh, assets that are out there, uh, and that that list goes goes pretty pretty big. We've done some very very you know um, light research on that, and we've identified close to uh, close to six hundred fifty trillion dollars worth of assets. That, that's trillion with a T, not not B. Six hundred fifty trillion dollars worth of assets that are out there um, that can be addressed by that that simple technology. Now. There's a lot that needs to go into that in developing these models, creating the the uh, the tools, and that's kind of what led us to uh, come together. I met Brendan um, about five years ago when he was working with Panini, and uh, he was asking about you know how can we use this new NFT standard on Ethereum to do the trading cards and the the collectibles online, and he'll talk about that in a second. But um, it was about uh, I guess eighteen months ago that I reached out to to Brendan. And uh, and said, hey, I think I think I found a, a platform that we can actually do the work we want to do, uh, and that was that was on Terra, um, which led me to the Cosmos ecosystem. So, um, kind of backdoored my way into into the Cosmos ecosystem through um, through Terra. And what I found was the the ability for us to do some really um, really advanced um, computer, you know, uh, 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 software creation and modeling using Rust. Solidity is what's called a domain-specific language, and domain-specific languages are usually um, limited in what they can do in scope because they're 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 made for a very very narrow use case. Whereas Rust is a derivative, or it's in the family of C and C plus plus, and it's used all over the world for all kinds of stuff. In fact, it's being used in the Linux kernel. Well, that's a big marker. That's a really big um, um, endorsement of a. Uh, of a language when it's used in something as as critical and as as complex as the Linux kernel. So um, when I saw this coming together, I thought, okay, holy crap, we really have, you know, we really have the tools here to build something really, really unique. And that's kind of what led us to build Andromeda. But I'll I'll pass the mic over to Brendan and let him uh, uh, tag team with this. <laughs> Great, thank you, Cody. Uh, so first of all, thank you so much, uh, everyone, for being here and uh, for having us as a uh, guest. We're excited to talk about a Andromeda protocol and um, describe this this revolutionary software. We think we've created something really unique in the entire world of um, decentralized infrastructure. Looking forward to digging in and 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 telling you uh, about that in depth. So my background uh, began um, in technology. I started out with a um, uh, one of the largest, uh, well, we built one of the largest uh, credit card processors in the world. And we were handling about 20% of the um, North American credit card transaction. This is in the early days of the internet. I'm old enough to have uh, 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 gotten some, some pretty uh, big successes before the uh, dot-com boom and the emergence of Web 2.0. And of course, uh, what we're experiencing here at this frontier um, is feels very very similar. Uh, 
It's different in that uh, there's a, it's, it's even more difficult to enter the space. In, in the Web 2.0 world, there was a lot of, um, uh, it was possible for others to enter into the space, uh, a lot of people uh, without uh, much training. In, in this world, it's, it's very different. We can talk about that later. But meanwhile, after building some scaled systems, I entered the uh, dot-com wars, War Black, Raise Venture Capital, Angel Capital. Um, I got some, some companies started, built some things. Um, no major exits until um, I left to create a national mail-order pharmacy. But al- along the way, I've uh, led uh, different uh, technology organizations um, and, and technology strategy, digital transformation for some billion-dollar companies. Um, most recently, I did that for the largest collectible company in the world, Panini, which uh, Cody referenced. Uh, Panini uh, and, and for Panini, we created the first um, uh, officially licensed NFT uh, trading cards for the NBA, the NFL, the World Cup. Uh, the FIFA World Cup, the uh, English Premier League, and a lot of other globally recognized brands. And uh, along that journey, I was really excited to uh, connect with uh, Cody, who was an expert in the uh, uh, field of uh, these decentralized systems and smart uh, smart contracts. And we tried to do some things. And, you know, these global licensors had some pretty, um, they, they had some stringent requirements. You know, they had uh, been left on the sidelines when eBay emerged. They had um, that there were a lot of things that they wanted to do, including preserve uh, uh, copyrights and also and you know, have those persistent for their NFTs. And they also, you know, they wanted uh, to be able to enforce royalties uh, despite uh, whatever exchange the um, what was being used. And of course, these things were um, uh, not really possible using. Um, uh, the technology of the day. So Cody and I stayed in touch. And when he called and um, told me what was possible with this breakthrough in modular smart contract architecture, um, well, it was it was clear that there was something really magical to be to be done. And so I hit the uh, hit the exit to join the revolution at this frontier. It's been an extraordinary ride. Um, you know, this space moves so fast. And uh, along the way, as we have engineered this and given our uh, engineering teams the, uh, the latitude to, to create uh, uh, breakthrough capabilities, we, we've continued to, to build. And for the last 15, 16 months, um, we are very close to being able to uh, show the world. In fact, we, we've got a video out there that, that uh, demonstrates what we can do. But... Um, Andromeda starts looking very much like a um, uh, an operating system um, interface. It has uh, a command line interface. It's got uh, tooling for uh, coding and um, uh, no and and low code um, uh, development. And it is uh, very close coming to market. We got some great reference projects coming up, and uh, I'll stop there and turn it back over to our hosts. Perfect. Uh, do, do the co-hosts have any thoughts before I continue? Okay. Uh, I might quickly just jump in. Uh, yeah, yeah um, uh, thanks for, for coming in and thanks for uh, inviting me on. Um, I had a bit of a, a look into Andromeda. Very, very interesting stuff. Um, maybe if we could just get a quick rundown uh, for those who, who may not know what Andromeda is. Maybe just a, a couple of lines of uh, layman's terms, uh, what Andromeda is. and maybe one or two of the most uh, user-facing components of Andromeda that they could look forward to. Sure. So uh, Andromeda is the first uh, decentralized operating system. And with that, um, we've created a, uh, what in the operating system space world is known as the, uh, the user space. And so very much like you know with your mobile phone or other um, operating systems, whether you're a, a Mac person or a, uh, a Windows person, you can use, um, you, you can access your apps, you can access files. In this case, these are, um, the files are digital objects. Um, it comes with a command line interface similar to a uh, 
many operating systems so that uh, sophisticated uh, development can be done. Uh, we provide a whole set of tooling uh, that lets developers build uh, so that apps uh, can be built and deployed. We've got uh, an amazing tokenomics uh, system emerging that uh, captures uh, value in what we think is a very lightweight way. Um, and we've got the, um, uh, the these apps that can be created are uh, use IBC, which is the inter-blockchain communication protocol that um, uh, interconnects all the different chains across the Cosmos ecosystem. And so what this does is we have uh, created these modular smart contracts that can be composed uh, into complex systems. And so users, and not just developers, but users can create um, uh, uh, applications. And we'll talk about more about what some examples of those are. It's a huge design space. Um, and these can connect the best projects and blockchains and capabilities throughout the cosmos to any others. And we, we do this uh, using a, a library uh, in the same way that many operating systems do. They have their own library that's accessible so that um, uh, uh, people don't have to go out and recreate uh, things again and again and again so that um, uh, they're easily accessible and, and consumable. Um, so that, that's a, a quick walkthrough. Um, the uh, initial applications, the, the, the no-code builder is uh, a drag and drop. Um, so we've got a library of um, what we're calling Andromeda digital objects. And these can be assembled and composed using drop-down menus. Um, and this capability, uh, again, is for building applications. And then on the other side, on the consumer side, there is um, an application interface so that you can interact with applications and you can uh, click on the icons that represent the projects that you need. And using interchain accounts um, in the Cosmos ecosystem, we can access all the different uh, chains. And of course, we think that creates um, uh, tooling as, as a, as a multi-chain protocol um, and, and uh, compressing the uh, uh, time to, to market, to actually build on these uh, decentralized systems. Uh, we can take projects um, that you know, it could take months to build and we can turn that into uh, minutes or hours. And if they're off the shelf and already audited and created, those apps can be immediately accessible and, um, and configured by, by users that uh, show up to the um, uh, application interface of Andromeda. So that, that's a quick walkthrough. So, so how I see it from a non-developer perspective is, is essentially it works like a puzzle. So is it like parts A, B, C, D, that can be customized and configured to create a desired platform from the library, as you mentioned before. Is that it? Uh, it is. So, so it actually operates in, so in the sense of, if you think about going to your mobile phone and finding an application, and it does exactly, the application does exactly what you want or intend. Um, so those applications, uh, at least in uh, with Andromeda, those are pre-audited. They're... Um, ready to, to be uh, used and there's no configuration um, necessary except, you know, your, your uh, key control of the application. This could be something as simple as a yield vault. It could be something uh, as simple as um, a banking. It could be, it could be a lot of different things. Um, the, on the, on the configuration side, if there, there are apps uh, that are pre-built and that can be configured or customized, for the for the for the user, or it can be uh, a situation where you're actually building an application, and those uh, can be uh, configured in uh, many different ways based on the um, uh, the different objects that are being composed and assembled. Very interesting. Is is there any risk associated with using this tooling? A uh, risk associated with what? Using the toolings that you guys are providing. Sorry, this I'm I'm a non developer, so I'm right, right. <laughs> No, it, it it's a great it's a great question. So, yeah. um, 
so from our standpoint, we think so today all over the world um, in almost all the, the ecosystems, the, the different blockchain ecosystems that exist, um, we see monolithic smart contract design. So the, the projects uh, build one or two, maybe three um, smart contracts, and those contracts contain all the functionality uh, needed to uh, interact and, and use whatever the services and capabilities of that project are. And what we're doing is we are changing that model and we our design principle is to create very small, um, compact, highly defined um, contracts. In this case, we call them Andromeda digital objects. And these, um, we abbreviate that with ADO. These, these ADOs have very defined input and very defined output. And they can be assembled, and they are assembled using predefined um, uh, interfaces. And in programming, um, they're, 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 uh, there's type enforcement so that everything interacts in a predictable and expected way. In our view, this is um, much more secure because all the individual components, one, there's much less uh, change needed to alter the capabilities of an application. Um, and by making it modular and each uh, component is uh, audited uh, before they're ever used. Now, it does introduce a new kind of risk, which is if someone builds an application using these ADOs, these composable ADOs, then that requires the system of ADOs, this system of composable smart contracts as a group, they could be, uh, they, they need to be um, audited. And of course we're working with, uh, and that's, that's a very exciting prospect because it's a new kind of audit. It has more to do with the um, less about the code because all the code is, um, is audited before the, um, uh, they're, they're being com uh, composed. So the library that you're using and building from is already audited. So, the system that's being built together that needs to be audited, and it's um, that requires. Um, excitingly, it, it can be accomplished using agent-based modeling and AI and machine learning and some other uh, auditing tools that um, are emerged. And we're talking to vendors all over the world who have these capabilities. And of course, they're really excited about this direction for. Um, smart contract development, application development in um, uh, and, and dApps because it really, really um, benefits them as, um, as new solutions for auditing. Instead of code level inspection, they're, they're evaluating the system and these tools are ideally, ideally suited to, um, to do that. So there's a, a, new, a new model for them. No, it's definitely interesting and, and definitely, I guess, relief to hear that you guys are pirating security as well as on the infrastructure side. And I, I noticed that you guys also became more active within the public side the last few weeks uh, with regard to your engineering updates. So are you guys in talks with any other teams or contributors right now? Or like any partnerships be on-chain or especially in real life with regard to building with Andromeda? Uh, yeah, we, so we've we've uh, become more active recently. We were actually in stealth mode for like the first, I don't know, 14, 15 months. And that's just because of the amount of engineering we needed to do. Um, I wanted to make sure that that the, you know, the, the Brendan and I and the rest of the team kind of agreed that we need to put our heads down and build all this, you know, especially during a, a bull market that we just experienced. There was a bunch of hype, but we, we didn't have any software to deliver. We didn't, you know, we weren't close to launching. And so going out and trying to maintain you know uh, a cadence of of uh communications and you know uh twitter spaces and and podcasts and all that kind of stuff would really just be a, a distraction for the time being and it really wouldn't give much um much benefit to the to the project itself so we really just put our heads down and uh we've got a team of approximately a dozen developers that you know we've got working on everything from front end to middleware to back end to documentation all these different things um and so as we as we get closer to a launch, you know, now we're starting to to open up and, and share some of the stuff we're working on. Uh, we're doing our um, 
uh, engineering updates every two weeks. And that's kind of, that's, you know, we run a, we run a, um, our calendar doesn't look like months. It looks like sprints. So we, we have a very, very engineering based, uh, cadence on, uh, scheduling events or scheduling, uh, updates and, and communicate with the public. And so, um, and then every, and then once a month, um, we have a community call, uh, on Monday, same time we release the engineering update. So we have this kind of regular, you know, occurrence where we're, we're, we're starting to, to inform people and we should have a private beta out here pretty soon. Um, there's a lot of parts you can play with right now. Um, if you get into the documentation, but it's still pretty, um, pretty engineer and, and developer heavy. It's not quite, um, ready for, you know, just the, the average blockchain user, which is a, you know, when you, when you talk about users and this is something that we've, we've talked about, there's really, you know, many times we've been asked, you know, who is your, who's your primary customer, right? And that's like, customer is kind of a weird word to use in this space. Cause we don't, you know, these DAOs don't or these, these projects, these protocols don't really have customers per se, but they have users. So let's, so who's your primary user? Um, there's really kind of two, if you think about it, there's, there's the, the developers, the hardcore, you know, guy, the, 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 the guys and, and girls who've been, who've been building the actual protocols themselves, the rust programmers in this case, um, that's one group that we're, we're focusing on because they're going to help build the app, the actual, um, system out all of the different ados which we we predict there could be between 200 and 250 possibly more it's it's probably going to long tail out pretty well um those people those those developers are going to come in and um and help build out the system there's economic uh reason there's economic incentives to do so we can probably talk about that in a little bit um but then there's a second user uh, like a, a user class and that is the people who don't know how to use the rust programming language um, and, and, and I would, I would venture to say that in the cosmos, it's probably 30 or 40, maybe even 50 to one users to developers. I mean, if we were, if we were to just take a poll on this call, you know, there might only be two or three, and maybe this call would skew may, maybe more towards engineering, but there, you know, the, the, the one to 50 or one to 40, I think we could all probably agree that most of the people in this, in this industry right now can't really create in it. I mean, we can create wealth, we can create tokens, we can. We can participate in the protocols, but we can't build. And so all of that creativity, all that stuff that every person on this on this call and every every single person listening has had an idea about, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we could do dot, dot, dot. And what happens is they go, well, I can't program in Rust, so my hands are tied. I can't get out there. I can't build in this space because I don't know Rust. Well, that's kind of the, the bridge that we're building right now is saying, hey, if you want to start composing these different protocols and, and make a blend of a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and, and, and you know, two parts of this and one part of that, and be able to, to use those, those protocols that are being built by that first user class I was talking about, the Rust developers, this allows you know, uh, you know, a 50 to 1 um, uh, multiplier on the, on the amount of creativity and the amount of things that we can do in this space. Here's the fun part about it, and this is what really gets us really, really excited is you can't do this on Ethereum. What we've built, the the, the simple engineering um, uh, uh, limitations of of Ethereum, of Inc, of all these different domain specific languages, these DSLs can't be done. Period. I mean, it would take you five years, and we and guys, we're watching all these other protocols out there stumble and like you know four year design processes, you know three years, and it's like these these really brittle and like the and 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 we still get hacks, but you look over what we're building over in the cosmos with Cosmosm and Rust. Holy shit, we are we are. This is the right technology stack to be building on, and and that's that's after after being a Solidity you know programmer for five years. I come over here to Rust, and it's like my God, we can do all kinds of stuff. Way more expressive, way more flexible, way more extensible, and that's just because of, of pure com uh, computer science um, uh, principles. So. Uh, I, that was a that was a very very long winded and like meandering <laughs> talk there, but um, I tend to do that I, uh, sometimes. <laughs> I like it when people get excited about what I they're building and, and the reasons that they're here, right? So, um, just just quickly on the topic of uh, Cosmos, and I think Delray, you had your hand up, so sorry for jumping in. Uh, I, I noticed the chains that you've kind of picked to deploy on first was uh, Terra Two, uh, Juno, and Stargaze, uh, obviously because they're they're probably uh, all Cosmosm. Um, have you, is part of that discussion uh, with the Cosmosm devs, do you, are you in touch with those people and 
uh, and how they're developing and what they're developing? Or is it purely from a, a tech and code perspective that you chose them? Yes, it's a great question. Um, so on, on the, I can I can kind of go through um, that that process, and I'll try to do it very quickly. It's kind of difficult for me to keep my words short sometimes. Um, so the the Terra Two, um, that's the that's the community that brought us. That's the community that we've been a part of since the beginning. So um, so our, our allegiance to Terra Two is 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 strong, and um, and. Uh, that's that's the the main reason there, and 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 of course the community there. I think everybody inside the the Terra um, community at large was you know that's the that was what was really special. I mean UST and 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 Anchor and all the things that we built you know around those systems were were special as well. But really the community, you know, we were all friends. We were all working together, collaborating. Um, it's just been it's been great over there. Chino Man can attest to that. I've been working side by side with him for a year and a half, and. Uh, but the other chains are, you know, this platform that we're building can be deployed on other machine, or I'm sorry, other other blockchains. So the reason, you know, for things like Stargaze, that's mainly because we've been approached by other projects that want to build on top of Andromeda. And they say, hey, we want to build some NFT solutions for whatever collectibles or gaming or whatever. Well, we looked around at the, at the space and went, well... Where are most of those being done now? You know, and they looked at the space and said, "Well, it looks like Stargaze is kind of where all the NFTs are happening. Maybe we want to be on that camp." And so, by by us deploying on on Stargaze, well, now all of a sudden, all that value that's being done on Stargaze can also be um, manipulated slash operated slash um, uh, moved around and 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 uh, utilized on Terra because we're using IBC. And so, I think everybody in the in the space now, everybody that you know, Terra. We were kind of on an island for a while before we had IBC up, um, but we're realizing that the true value in what we're building here is throughout the entire cosmos. And if each chain focuses on what they do and do it really, really well, well, we can have IBC just say, hey, will you just hop over to the other chain and do what you want to do over there? And so there's that, that's that's the reason we're doing that. You know, I think, um, you know, one of the chains that you didn't mention that, we, that we're planning on, on deploying to is Osmosis. Well, that has the most liquidity in the system. And everybody kind of thinks, yeah, that's kind of where... If you want to, if you want to find a, a decentralized exchange and you're looking for the best price with the largest amounts, you know, say you need to do some pretty large clearing, you need a place with pretty good market depth. Well, that's that's osmosis. If you need something local, well, you can use any of the dexes on any of the individual chains that are out there. If you need to do a quick swap for a couple of bucks here and there for gas or whatever, but if you want to do some major trading, you probably need to go to a a dex that has proper liquidity. Um, and so that can all be operated over IBC. And for the user, here's what's cool about this whole system, is that the, the user uh, does not need to worry about using, IB, the, the, like using IBC or having to use their Kepler wallet and install the new chain and install the new, um, you know, the, the channels and, and all this configuration. All that's handled on chain. And that's, that's something that, that Brendan didn't, didn't touch on, but it's, it's very important that the entire system that we're building is being put on chain. All of that operation stuff is not going through Kepler. You're not having to curry data from one chain to the other, one object to the other, one protocol to the other using Kepler. It's all done through that messaging system of our platform. So when you want to swap tokens, say you're on, say you're on Terra and you want to swap tokens and bring them back over, uh, back into Terra, that all happens seamlessly in the back end. The ADO's um, telling you that, hey, everything happened in the back end and what you wanted happened and here's the result here's the receipt here's the the ticket or the, the view of all the of all the complexity that happened in the background well, I just have, uh, sorry just one more follow-up uh, on that while we're on blockchain because i'm sure we'll, we'll move on um I, I did notice i was looking at the kind of the stack uh, obviously you've got kind of the the ados that sit on the top your wallets your marketplaces your, your other uh smart contracts and stuff uh we then obviously have uh, layers underneath that from a blockchain perspective uh, probably validators, etc. I noticed um, there was some talk around uh, having to add some code to kind of Tendermint. Uh, just maybe if you could just briefly talk about what that would be, would that be stuff that uh, would be then ran by the validators so it would need to be implemented on chain, go through governance, that sort of stuff, just from an implementation perspective? Absolutely. So um, so this... Um... The, the work we're yeah so so if you look at what we're doing we've got our own test net up and that's mainly for us to be able to performance test and have control of a, of a chain that we can 
you know, change their configuration parameters, uh, uh, stress test things, have control over that base layer. And that's mainly for testing. It's, it, it's really difficult to go to somebody else's chain and say, hey, can we change all these configuration variables for us to test on? They're going to say, why don't you set up your own test net? So we did. Um, we, are, we are looking at optimizing our ADOs uh, at, the, at the Tendermint slash um, Cosmos SDK level using the, the Go modules, like all those, all those modules you can add. Um, one of those is automation. We're really, really thinking, we're thinking hard about automation as everything we're doing is on chain. Uh, it'd be really, really nice if every morning I didn't have to open up my laptop, open up 10 different tabs, do all this like harvesting of yield and like transferring everything over IBC, swapping it all over to one thing and then, you know, buying it, you know, and we all do that. Everybody on this call has a, has a routine that we do on a daily basis. And uh, it would be nice if you said, hey, every day at two o'clock when XYZ happens, you know, when you're, when you get your, your, um, your yield, like go do this. I want every day. I just, I do the same damn thing. Why don't I have the, why don't I just program this thing and let the system do that for me? And in fact, what if we were to incentivize the validators kind of in an MEV strategy, kind of using minor extracted value, or in this case, validator extracted value, VEV, um, let them kick those objects off securely. Obviously they aren't handling the funds for you. They're just doing the processing for you. So everything is, is closed loop. Um, and they handle all that stuff for you. So you can keep your laptop shut and enjoy your time at the beach without having to open your laptop and open up 10 different tabs. So that's kind of the, um, that's kind of the, uh, the idea there. Yeah. Thanks so much. I wanted to, uh, <clears throat> I wanted to elaborate a little bit on the, um, the part, uh, Cody was talking about where, uh, Andromeda is unique and as near as we can tell it, it, it is unique in the whole world as a protocol that resides fully on chain. So much of um, just about everything we see in the world today that's using decentralized uh, systems, uh, decentralized blockchains and infrastructure, um, they're basically engineered using Web 2.0 technologies. Um, and for the non-technical people, uh, maybe you've heard the, the, the term of an API, but we're, we're using APIs to interrogate and interact with a blockchain, but the logic, the intentionality, all the, um, um, the, the control of the application sits on a centralized server that's controlled by someone. And the Andromeda protocol is, resides fully on chain. All the intent, all the intelligence, all the logic lives in the logic library that we've built that resides <clears throat> on chain throughout the, the, the Cosmos ecosystem. And what this means is there is, uh, it, it has really important um, and meaningful differences from the old way of doing it. For one, uh, all of the scalability and, and scaling uh, large enterprise uh, class solutions, uh, the execution environment comes with the project. Uh, it, it is built and engineered into the um, all the nodes that the validators operate in the um, typical way that these solutions are being built. The, the, the centralized uh, servers and the APIs uh, all hit a um, server or set of servers, and those have to be managed and engineered by someone and by a solution. And, uh, another aspect is earlier we talked about the um, uh, royalty enforcement. You know, the when you're using uh, APIs, you can enforce royalties and certain transaction logic. Yeah, that's controlled centrally. And so, if someone moves to a different, uh, if they if they move whatever their asset is, whether it's a uh, uh, some type of yield bearing instrument or whether it's an NFT, whatever it is. Uh, enforcing royalties or any type of control logic, it really only happens inside the environment where um, it was uh, launched and controlled. In this, um, in the Andromeda uh, world, all of that information is on-chain, uh, it's immutable, and is enforced um, by, by the chain. So it doesn't matter where uh, in Andromeda uh, or where in the Cosmos ecosystem that the, the transaction is taking place. It's enforced uh, 
by logic that's on the chain and not uh, centrally. There are a lot of others. I'll, I'll stop there. But the point is, there. this is a very meaningful and unique architectural difference uh, around the um, uh, engineering uh, and design of the Andromeda protocol. And it has very real long-term consequences to the scalability, the validity, and the, uh, the overall model that we're, we're executing. It's very different than um, what the, the rest of the world is implementing um, because it's, it's not centralized and it's not centrally controlled. Cool. So first off, I think this is the first time I've chimed in, but what's up, guys? Long time no speak. Glad to be here. Um, I, so I'm following you for a lot of the stuff um, about your guys' protocol, but you lost me a little bit, and it might just be that I'm fundamentally misunderstanding what you're getting at. Um, but with like other protocols and projects not living fully on chain, because uh, it, like it's my understanding that aside from things like front ends, you know, on and off chain things they cannot really work together. That's why like oracles, like Link and such, are like needed. They aren't even able to talk to each other. So, what exactly do you mean by like other protocols and other D apps are not fully on chain? Yeah. So when you when you make when you make decisions around what you want to do on you know on chain or when you operate, that's all being done through your wallet, right? So you're having to sign all these transactions yourself off chain, right? Because the, the signing of that is not done on chain. It's just it's the it's the authentication mechanism to to operate these protocols. Well, they can these protocols can talk to one another, but right now no one's writing it. No one's written a a, 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 a layer. That allows for seamless communication, no matter where you're going. So, and instead of you know, uh, instead of having to 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 move all this stuff through your wallet and sign all these transactions to curry data from one protocol to the other, or tokens, or values, or 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 or, or information, all that stuff is now being done on chain. So, in other words, you can you can close your laptop, you can and and instruct the system to work in certain ways, and it does all that for you. So, imagine building a very very complex application or a complex financial model, right? In order for that to operate, you would have to sign all these transactions constantly to, to move things around through your wallet. If everything is done on chain, then all of a sudden the wallet is now is now removed from the equation and you have these objects that, that have the logic and the authority to do things and you're not having to sign all these transactions off chain. So all the intentionality, all the instructions are not done in a spreadsheet or in your head but they're done on chain. You're instructing these objects to have behaviors and and um, and responses based on what happens in its environment. So that's 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 what we mean when we say the 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 um, we're we're not relying on any off chain stuff. So this isn't like we you have an account with Zap, with Zapier that pokes the different you know things and does it all for you and signs transactions. There's no more signing of transactions in this system. In other words. Everything's being done on chain, and the, the objects communicate with themselves because they're 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 already inside that secured environment. Hmm. Okay. Cool. I need to digest that, but I do think that makes sense. Okay. Cool. Um. Uh. Delray, I know you had your hand up at one point, so feel free to jump in right now and just cut me off if you'd like. It's all right. Uh. Thank Thank you, Timmy, and hi everybody again. Uh. It's just uh. It might be a, a silly questions, but. Uh, just to understand a little better, since I have no coding experience, uh, I don't code at all. So uh, you're telling me that with this uh, Andromeda protocol, I can go ahead and, and take uh, a few pieces and put them together as Lego, like Joe said. And, and it's really easy to build protocols uh, using your, your, your app. So what I wanted to ask you is that does that happen only on the back end or using your platform? Are we able to create front ends for applications too without coding experience? Great. Yeah. So we have been, um, at least initially, we're rolling out uh, an embeddable marketplace so that um, an embeddable marketplace allows you to basically uh, copy and paste a, a really a small bundle of code into your existing website and have a highly capable, fully functioning, uh, fully configurable marketplace that will 
um, support the types of um, marketplace transactions that you might want to make. Now, obviously, there's a, a, a huge design space for the uh, front-end application development. And over time, we anticipate that that will cont continue to get more and more sophisticated where we can offer a WordPress uh, uh, type experience where everything, the entire uh, application front end, everything that you would need is uh, available in a no-code builder. That's not where we, we start from. As Cody said, you know, initially the, the initial audience is our, our uh, target user is going to be uh, developers. They're going to find that they can move really, really fast. Um, so a, a user that can't build a, a website um, will find uh, some difficulty. And it, and it, depend, it really depends on their skill. If they have zero skill and zero abilities uh, with uh, code, then uh, they'll need to have somebody help them with that. Or uh, they'll need to be able to find uh, something in our existing uh, embeddable library that um, will do what they want to do. And initially, um, we'll just have an embeddable marketplace. But over time, that will uh, get built out. Got it. Thank you. I just remember one thing you guys said on our call before that stood out to me, uh, probably paraphrasing here, but um, you said something along the lines of like, it's sort of just abstracting away a lot of the complexity. Like, it's not that it's totally just plug and play for a noob, but it's that it takes a lot of the odds and ends that are, you know, complex to learn and configure and get right and makes that really easy for someone who already has the basics under them, right? Correct. And again, the um, uh, we definitely have on the drawing board the um, being able to provide a, a completely no-code um, experience for someone that can walk off the street. You know, today, if you want to create an e-commerce experience, you can go to Shopify and you can create a, 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 a pretty extraordinary um, uh, stack of technology that delivers uh, a great and very sophisticated user experience with lots of back-end tooling. And, you know, aspirationally, that, that's where we're going. That's not where we launch from, but that's, uh, that's definitely the direction. And, um, and I, I would just add, because it's really important, because when um, w one of the things that happens when you start looking at no-code uh, solutions is they, they can track you um, into um, whatever metaphor and whatever limitations are implied by the, the, the no-code tooling. Um, it, can, it can constrain what you can build. And we have been very mindful of that. And it's why we have a command line interface. It's why we've really focused on uh, typing and the composability of these um, modular uh, and composable smart contracts is because um, we don't want anyone to feel constrained by what they can, that, what can be built. Um, a user walking off the street may find that they can't build the, uh, the world that they want uh, using the tooling, but uh, the the intention is to have the tools that um, a developer uh, can actually build anything that they want. Awesome. Okay. Um, she she knows how to stand up for a minute, so I want to let him go. But just while we're hearing from him, maybe for uh, the other two to like think on in the background, what might be kind of helpful. I think we went through something like this uh, when we were on our call a couple months ago is like some sort of example. I don't know exactly what that would be, but like if someone wanted to make a very simple uh, X, I don't know what an example of something simple would be, if it would be like uh, a swap yeah, got, or something. Yeah, what would that look like in the app? What would someone do? They'd take a little module that does sure. what, they'd attach it to what, something like that. But Sure, I can, um, I can, I can. Yeah, let me let me let me use a real world example instead of trying to, to to build something in my head. You know, with there's there's kind of an infinite design space here, but I'll use something that um, I think we we can all um, we can all relate to. I, I currently um, uh, am staked with uh, approximately five or six different uh, 
uh, chains right now. My personal tokens. I've got I've got them staked out there. Um, and every day I go out and I open up, you know, uh, wallet.kepler.io or whatever the whatever the dot org or whatever the the uh, link is. Um, wallet.kepler.app. I hit the, the at the top right. I hit the claim all right. Then that drops down my my. It has like a, a, a a menu that comes up and it shows me how much I can claim. I go through and I say, okay, well, this one only has like 88 cents on it because it's, you know, an early chain that doesn't have any any yield and I don't have that many tokens. So I'm not going to do that one. But then I have like my, like what I'm staked with on Juno and that that has pretty good yield. So like there's, call it 40 bucks a day or something like that. And then um, I've got a, I've got a bunch of staked over on, on Evmos. I've got a little bit staked on Osmosis. I've got a little bit staked on Terra. And I go through and I, I grab all those things, right? So then Kepler wallet just keeps popping up, like, you know, sign this transaction, sign this transaction, sign this, you know. So then once I do that, now I've got all my tokens on like five different chains. Okay. So then I close the, the dashboard, the Kepler dashboard, and open up Osmosis, right? I hit assets, I go down, and I do the deposit, 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 right? To bring all, the, all those tokens over to Osmosis, right? And then I trade each one of those into whatever whatever position i want next in this case i'm building up say a i'm going to use a, a random chain I'm, I'm building up a position in um ixo right ixo i want to buy a bunch of ixo i think that's the next big winner right so i'm going to use my yield and what i'm going to do is i'm going to start buying up ixo well um what i do is i move everything over to, to you know trade i make all these trades individually right again going through my kepler wallet i'm signing more transactions on osmosis to swap all those tokens over to ixo and then I have to IBC those IXO tokens back over to IXO. That's another transaction. And then I, once I'm on IXO, then I'm able to then stake it with a validator. What I talked about right there is approximately 25 individual signings to move all this shit around to get it to where I want it to be. Wouldn't it be nice if I could program the system to go and grab all those things, move them over to Osmosis, trade them all for IXO, IBC them back over to IXO and stake them all for me in the, in, in, in the background, and not once a day, but as they come up. So all of this is being done at the moment I get my, my yield for the day, it's automatically being executed, moved across chain, swapped over, moved back over IBC, and then staked. All of that right there. Now, that's, that's a real simple, that's just what I do on a daily basis with all, with all my tokens. That's what I do. But what if I was in a DAO? What if I was in a group of guys and, and we wanted to, to kind of do some dollar cost averaging across, across the space? Well, you need splitters, you need multi-sigs, you need all kinds of stuff to gatekeep and make sure that, that the system is, is working well. But you want to do that on-chain, and you don't want to put it with, some, with one person and one wallet. You want to put all that stuff on-chain so that everybody can see it, everybody can, can, can attest to it, and, and you have the proper controls around that. So what you're getting into is you're getting into like really complex banking, but it's composable banking. You can create your own bank. Now, I know that... <laughs> um, that that's that's essentially like if you, if you think about all of the banking services that that a a bank provides you that's lending that's that's mortgages that's that's you know um, uh, uh, savings account that's that's access to different investment opportunities in that in that in that system. But the problem is right now in society when you go and you you look for a bank right, which makes our skin crawl in this industry. But you go out and you look for a bank and you find uh, since I'm I'm a U.S. citizen, I'll, I'll use U.S. banks, large ones. You have Wells Fargo, you have Bank of America, you've got Chase, these really large areas, or these really large banks. And you, you go and you look at Bank of America and you go, well, okay, Bank of America has a really good savings account and checking account, but like, man, they're like, their mortgages suck, right? Well, then you go over to Wells Fargo, you're like, man, their mortgages are awesome, but their, their, their savings and checking accounts suck. Because you're kind of locked in. You can't do a best of breed. Well, that's what we're building in DeFi. We don't realize it yet because we can't compose it. It's not composable. You're looking at each individual protocol as its individual standalone uh, operation. But when you when you federate these things and you bring them together, that's where the real power of all this happens. But we're but right now, the, right now the entire industry is so focused on building really really great solutions in these silos. We need to connect them all. That's like that's the next big thing. I'm going to chime in here, and so, um, sorry, Chino, man, I know you've been wanting to speak for a while. I'll get you a beer later. Um, so I think Interchain Accounts at least wants to solve this problem. So with Interchain Accounts, the Cosmos Ecosystem blockchains, they essentially can assess the application features of another chain and control accounts like voting, staking, providing liquidity, token swaps, and more. So for example, like an Osmosis user, like you mentioned before the Kepler transactions, right? They can also make sure or uh, make use of DAO smart contract governance holding, 
under a uh, same transaction if I if I understand it correctly. So essentially, these interchain accounts will provide the possibility that you are looking for and interoperability critical for, I guess, the explosive growth of ecosystem natively across the interchain. I, I don't know if you heard of this and I, does this play well into your theory or, or belief, uh, Cody? Um, um, uh, kind of rephrase that. I'm, I'm, I'm not, not sure. Where, so on the, on the interchain account stuff, that does mm. help, but that's only for pointing to a resource you're still you're still behind a a lock and key or a, a public private key set mm. you're not able to like if you have assets on one chain you're still having to use ibc and you're still having to authenticate mm. that with your wallet so the idea here is that can we put all this intentionality on chain right so that literally we can all close our laptops and enjoy life without having to worry about managing the day-to-day -day operations of our finances kind of like a <clears throat> does. right so yeah, I, I've got uh, another example that I'd like to walk through. I don't know, but if we have time for uh, Chino Man, that would be good. <laughs> uh, uh, I think Chino Man, can, can you, you want to speak first? You can go ahead. Yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a very interesting space. And of course, I love uh, what Andromeda is building. So I definitely understand all the, the passion from Cody here. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's really great examples. Uh, I, I wanted just to, to uh, mention a couple of things uh, that were talked about uh, around here, uh, but I didn't want to um, slip in anyone's toes. Uh, so uh, Delray, for example, uh, you mentioned about uh, not being dev at all and, and like how can you uh, leverage an, an Andromeda. I, I just want to, to give a very uh, brief example of that things like uh, workshops and hackathons, they work really well for this kind of stuff where you really get your hands on the, this kind of stuff and you re re realize oh, wait a second, this is actually much easier than I thought. Because while it's just sitting on a website and you're like, okay, this is cool, but is it for me? No, because it's just for devs. But when, when you actually decide to look at a YouTube tutorial that's five minutes long and that person built an entire NFT marketplace, you'll be like, oh shit, maybe now it's the time for me to get my hands dirty. Um, so that, that's the kind of experience that Shopify and WordPress provide where it's literally just drag and drop. And, and, and Brandon here uh, uh, talked a little bit about those. Um, so once you have those things available to you, you'll really realize, okay, this is actually a lot cheaper. I, I've seen what, what Andromeda has been building and it's, it's really mind blowing. Uh, the other thing uh, I wanted to mention this, and this was uh, because Atimi, uh, he mentioned, oh, but web three is completely separate from web two. Uh, what, what do you mean? There's no way to do, uh, you know, whatever the point was. Uh, and I wanted to, to bring up a couple of examples. Uh, one of them uh, is with our own app, Hermes Protocol, that is using for the signup process of the platform, a very, uh, the, the very same process that uh, Commonwealth.im, uh, the, the forum software, is also using for their forums. If you if you are if you're a Terra user and you go to agora.terra.money for the forum where you can discuss governance, etc., that's using the Commonwealth, uh, you know, repo or whatever the, the package uh, to have the forum with on-chain stuff. Uh, and w once you go there and you sign up or you already log in with a wallet, you are logging in with the wallet, but it's not a typical like connect your wallets, like when you do one of decks and then you just do actions. Uh, this uh, on here, you have to actually sign something. You have to do this, the thing called sign bytes, uh, where you have to authenticate uh, that, that, that connection to the server so that it can show you private messages from other users uh, or maybe um, hidden threads that only admins have access to, et cetera, et cetera, or administrative permissions to do stuff on the, on the platform. So you, you don't want to have to pay gas fees every time you want to log in, especially if it's something like a bank where you, you, your session logs you out after 10 minutes of an activity. That doesn't make any sense. So you have to do these things off chain. You are doing it with a wallet, which is a Web3 you know, tech uh, technology or whatever you want, you want to call that, but it still has to be done off chain so you don't pay gas. Um, and with with web, uh, sorry, with uh, with Hermes protocol, because we are delivering notifications, and this is something that we're really excited about. Andromeda is to be able to become also a Lego piece for the Andromeda ecosystem. Um, one thing that we have realized, because Andromeda is building everything fully on chain, is that 
for all the APIs that we are going to make available for dApps to integrate with our platform, we're also going to have to build the equivalent of said APIs as smart contracts so that ADOs on Andromeda can actually call those smart contracts to do the same things they would do on the Web2 world with uh, regular webhooks, you know, uh, the, the, the APIs that you can call to do whatever. And, and these, are, these are easy things like uh, you go on, on CoinHaul and you want to subscribe to uh, new uh, uh, listings of, of new pairs that are listed, right? You want to be one of those early speculators. So you push the button that you want to subscribe to and, 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 and the user signs the, that data that says that I want to subscribe to this or whatever and coin hold and sends that, that signature to our API that says, Hey, Hermes, our user on our website wants to get notified by this. So can you, can you please do that through your platform? And then we can, uh, you know, send that through on Discord or whatever the platform that person has by default. Uh, and this kind of thing, um, it, I, I really, I really like this. It's composability. But again, if you have to pay gas fees for everything that you do like this, um, it, it's really, it's really complicated. But because the way Andromeda is doing everything on chain, then that's how we're going to have to do things: building smart contracts as APIs, basically. So I, I hope that serves as good examples of where you can use a mix of Web two and Web three. Boy, you you <laughs> you're like our best advocate for the same. And you really have a clear clear understanding about it. And I love hearing other people describe what we're building because it gives me insight onto kind of you know looking in the mirror and hearing what I'm saying, but from different from a different mouth. But uh, yeah, what you're saying right there is is spot on, and uh, that's exactly the same philosophy. So you know, um, it, to to that end, uh, and I, I've got I've got to get off this call. I've got another call here in in, uh, in well two minutes ago, um, but. We aren't competing with other projects. So we aren't doing our own notification system. We're not doing our own decks. We're not doing our own, you know, any of these things. We basically bring all those different protocols that are being built and specialized to the user as, as these objects. So um, that's an important piece. But um, I've, I've got to run, guys. Um, but I'll leave Brendan here and, uh, and y'all can keep going. I'll talk to y'all soon. Hey, Cody, I'm, I'm going to shoot you a DM. I'd love to resync with you guys. We are actually building some stuff in a similar vein and would love you guys' input. So I'll reach out. Absolutely, Timmy. Always, man. Thanks, cool. And I'll see, and I'll, I'll see y'all in, uh, in Medellin. Whoop. Okay. And I'm going to chime in here quickly as well because uh, I have to leave for a call as well. So if there's any last words, you know, Brendan, if you want to highlight any features that the community should focus on with regard to Andromeda now, uh, you can feel free to, I guess, no issue. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, you can find us at andromedaprotocol.io. That's our website. We've got uh, there you can connect with us. Uh, we've got Twitter, Discord, uh, other social media. You can you can reach us there um, and be looking for our um, uh, video that kind of gives you a demo of um, some of the features. Not all, but, but some of them. and. Um, we're we're moving hard towards a uh, public beta. Uh, it'll be uh, invitation initially, but we're really really excited about that. We've been building a long time. We can't wait to show the world what we've got. We think we're coming to market at about the earliest possible moment with the IBC interchain accounts uh, and uh, interchain security all all rolling out. And of course, we we make great use of all those. And well, that. This is the the ecosystem to be in. So I'm really glad we're all here together. And uh, let's let's go build. Let's let's change the world. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, this has been a really informative space. I seriously enjoyed my time. I want to extend my thanks again to Rama, Tanamitini, uh, and Instafinazza to have left, as well as the co-founders Brendan. I'm sorry, I misspelled your name, and as well as Cody. So I hope to chat with you guys again soon. And you know, anyone, you can drop them a DM. Um, or follow the socials and yeah, till the next time. Thank you guys. Okay, thank you. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Thanks so much for going home. Thank yeah. Bye. Thanks so much. Yeah. Yeah. Bye bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was the Coin Hall Cosmos Fireside Chat with Andromeda Protocol, recorded on Thursday, September 8th, 2022. For terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Put your hands up like you got a couple questions Ain't no misdirection, just a bunch of flexing All aggressive, insane from all directions Smoke rolls in when I start a session
blank canvas, lays up the handlers, rocking back and forth like I got the van stuck. Don't grind the clutch, mind your hush, put your mask on and don't touch the antlers. Feeling untouchable when I'm on the verse, but in the universe, I'm just writing some words, enticing these nerds while I'm laying out my memoirs. Like, remember when I had to fight the centaur? I'm a book nerd, let me take you on the journey. Lost in the labyrinth, searching out the lost fern. For certain, got the taxes included, acting like a writer never felt secluded. Spaces. 